episode 56 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about our Games of the Month for June 2022. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about what games we played this month, what we'd like to play more, what games may not stay in our collection, and our choice for Game of the Month. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about our Games of the Month for June 2022. I can't think of a month pun. I think that's fine. Let's not linger until you find one and just go to our month in review. So in our format for this now, we'll do month in review. We'll do back to the table, which is a game we like to play more. We'll do collection, which is a pun that no one can notice audibly. C-U-L-L. Yeah, what we're going to get rid of or what might we get rid of. And then game of the month will be the last section. So here in the month in review part, do you want to guess how many games we played? Oh, let's guess how many games we played. I, you know, I played them, so I have some sense. Are you including the games? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing you're not actually tallying. Do you know what I think? That was a June pun. Um, June, know do what I... I think. Do you know what I think? June, June. I thought we were kind of going to skip over the pun We did. Thing. We did. It just doesn't now. seem like we did. Um, are we counting the games that you played, like that you logged for yourself, like for we, online plays? We are counting those games. There weren't very many of them. This is both the number total and the number of ga- games played. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, So there were no duplicate plays this month? There were, but it wasn't like previous months. Either. There'd be like a game I played like 10 times, and yeah. that's, not, that's not a thing. You're asking for a lot of information for this guess. I'm 37. So we played 39 different ah, games. That's pretty good. It says 39.42, but I feel like that's, I don't feel like that's right. So but the H number is like two. Um, The H index is two. Yes. 42. Yeah, 42 plays, 39 games. I guess that is exactly right. So the games that were played. Now this is, again, in almost no order. Um, The game that I played the most was Planted. There was someone who did a... Uh, solo version of that creative oh, solo right. rules so you played with me and then you also played so solo. Uh, did i play with you th- was that this month i think so we bought it like very Ooh, recently that means that i didn't maybe log a play anyways 43 that yeah uh, H index <laughs> right 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 two. yeah this is true so the games we played planted was three times aquatica i played twice i think that was also solo mode that i played twice and then these are all games we only played once uh, Orléans, Rivals for Catan, Harry Potter House Cup Competition, Pie Town, Polynesia, Taj Mahal, Gold West, The Last Bottle of Rum, The Specialist, The Estates, Istanbul, Dice Forge, The Game of Life, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Glow, Llama Land, Sorcerer and Stones, Ticket to Ride 10th Anniversary, Res Arcana, Duelasaur Island, Santa Monica, Junk Orbit, Port Royal, Big Box, Wayfinders, Arboretum, Escape Roll and Write, Get On Board, New York and London, Istanbul the Dice Game, King of Tokyo Dark Edition, Morels, Mystery of the Temples, Paper Tales, Traders of Osaka, Shadows in Kyoto, Sushi Dice, Sushi Roll, Unmatched, Little Red Riding Hood and Beowulf, and Rhino Hero. All right. <laughs> All right. That was 15% of our own base games played this period. Um, there were nine games in there. That This was the first time we logged them. They may not be new to us necessarily, but it's the first time we logged them. And then, like you said, the H index is two. We played 
22 days out of the 30 days in June. We're recording this. Is it the first or the second? We're recording it very early in July. Oh, I don't think it's in July. I, what What do you mean? I think July is tomorrow. That can't be right. Nah, probably we'll argue wrong. about the date oh, later. Oh, you know what? It's the second of July today. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We played 83% of our games at home. Uh, mm. We played just a few at Indie Coffee Roasters. And we did play um, Dice Forge on... Was that the first, though? Was that in here? Anyways, we did play Dice Forge recently. If it wasn't yesterday, then it would have been, in fact, in June. Yeah, so very different. And we played the majority of games two-player. Like, this is really the stats that I log, so sometimes there are a lot more one-player games. I didn't play a lot of one-player stuff this month. It was just, you know, it was a busy month. Most of the game time did go to two-player working through our list before Gen Con, which is now one month away. We one month. One more monthly review before our August review will include Gen Con. So that'll be exciting. So ideally, we have a number of games in our collection that we have not played this year, which we're trying to play before Gen Con. We don't have that many left we, no, at I think all. It's, no. Um, it's like 20? We have 200-some-odd games in our collection. As we're about to get to, I keep buying more, hence the need for that call action uh, section of this. So uh, the BG Stats app, where I'm getting all of this information, where I'm logging everything, lets you uh, create challenges. So the we have a play every game in our collection from January 1st, 2022 to August 3rd, which I think is the day before Gen Con. Maybe it's the day of Gen Con. I'm not sure. We've played 214 games. That's 90%. So we have 23 plays in 32 days left as of today. Right. Um, and then that's a little, uh, it, those numbers are a little off. We've actually played more than 214 because as we get new games, we have to play them. And the way these challenges work, they don't like live update. So you would have to go back in and manually update it. So I've done that sometimes, but not all the time. I already mentioned the game that was played the most, which is usually the next question we have. And then what games we added to the collection. I had some leftover store credit with Noble Knight Games from when I sold games there. I also uh, got planted at Target, which was a little hard to find. It's very, it was very cheap, but I've been hearing people say that like maybe the price is going up on the game now. So it might have been like a promo oh, yeah. kind of new release nice price. Components. It sh- it should be more money. It's a little confusing. Morels came from Kickstarter. Target did have a buy two get one free sale when I got planted. So I also got Unmatched and something else, right? Rivals yeah. for Catan. Rivals for Catan. Both which, of course, if you listen closely, were on the list. Yes, yes, this yes, month. yes. We've, we've already knocked them out. Yes. Um, I And with the Noble Knight game credit, I got a fancy copy of Arboretum, which like... Which we played, even though we've already played Arboretum. We did play it. And like the fancy copy... It's nice. It's nice. It's sort of unnecessary. I don't know that I like it as much as the fancy copy, but I also don't know that I'll get rid of it. But that's a separate issue. Dual Sword Island, neither of us really liked that much. No, it was basically, and that was another one let's we just play used. Dinosaur Island. We would rather play the Roaring Right, because yeah. we haven't played regular Dinosaur Island, which is a full whatever right. game. But I did like the Roaring Right more. I didn't feel like the two-player. It wasn't so... And I think it came out before Roaring Right, so right, that's right. fair enough. Paper Tales and the expansion also got from Noble Knight Games used, which I enjoyed. And then Get On Board, New York, and London, which is Let's Make a Bus Route, um, which was a Japanese game. And now it's been like reprinted and released here by Sashi and Sashi. It might just be just Sashi. Hard to say. So that one, an older game, but new to us and a new reprint. Um, That one we actually played at the coffee shop. So what games were sold? None yet. 
But I think the number of games coming in, where I'd like to keep the collection, like that's coming. It may not actually happen till after Gen Con, but yeah, the but that is coming. No game sold yet though. And then as we already hit on, we mostly play games at home. We played uh, Dice Force with friends, but otherwise we didn't really do a lot of other game days or anything like that. No, for those counting at home, like the challenge of doing every board game in our collection is made difficult by purchasing games in the middle of the challenge. Yeah, this is very much true, and it's something that I don't regret doing. So No, but we got them all knocked out. We only have... We still have games that we that are unplayed that are newly acquired, just not this month. So we haven't played Gugong yet, and I think there's uh, Hansa Teutonica. We need, We're going to play we with Jason. for that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, there might be one more in that category of something that's we got a little while ago and still haven't played. Oh, so the, yeah. yeah the yeah, shuffle yeah. opportunity is not empty yet. No, no, and for a long time we were operating on, like, it got empty first before anything else. Yeah, the challenge has sort of preempted that, even though we have played a lot of the new stuff. Yeah, so now... It's back to the table. Back to the table. What do I want to bring back? I think any month where we play Istanbul and there's not a... I, I should love Istanbul. Like, okay. I mean, that's... A, and, you're right. And actually, so we played two games, I think, that are tailored towards fast play, getting lots of resources and moving fast. And Res Arcana, I think, has that kind of feel to it where you really got to go fast if you're going to oh. beat someone. Yeah, because it's a Istanbul, race. Istanbul yeah. also feels a lot like a race. And I just prefer Istanbul to Res Arcana, I believe. Okay. And yeah, it's. I think they are straight up a race to an amount of points. Well, Resarkana is points, mm-hmm. and um, Istanbul is the gems. gems. But you know, you might as well say that every gem is a point. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel the same way. No, I and feel like was, you actually dislike the game strongly. We played we, it early in the morning, and you were not ready. We played it early in the morning. I think we played this. Yeah, we played this at the coffee shop. That's correct. We accidentally used all five guys. Oh, so at the beginning, yeah, start, it was, it was we an had all five play. tokens, so it was it was an, actually it was an invalid faster. play. You have an excess of resources is usually how you in every game, and I usually have just enough to get done what I need to get done. So I expected you to finish the game faster, but I think the excess resources allow you to not optimize. Right. So I was able to go to the Sultan's Palace, get a bunch of gems at the end before you could actually like yeah, close so I only, in I only on your one last by one gem. gem yeah. Yeah, so it was six to five, and you were spending a lot at the Carvancery, and I thought, like, why don't you just go get the Black Market Gems instead? That's kind of in the in the playthrough notes here. And then we did a random board setup, which makes things, admittedly, a bit, can oh, make them a bit weird. Yeah, it provides yeah. It, it provides not as much variety as just having absolute different cards in Res Arcana, but it does provide some variety in terms of how the race should be run. And we also think that we haven't always played with the correct two-player rules because there are different two-player stuff. You have one of each of the other colors out there just hanging out. So you would pay to the bank instead of paying to another player, but they still kind of limit where you maybe want to go and the cost of going there. Yeah, and then they're like the two like pillar pieces where when you hit them, you roll and they move. And you roll, yeah, and they move. And I feel like there was something else about two-player that we didn't usually do. One of them started at the post office. So early on, the post office is rubbish. And then you have to pay to go. And it's, it's okay early on, especially if it's part of your... Not if you have to pay. But that's the thing. It's okay early on. If you have to pay someone two to go, that's two of the coins you get from going there in the first place. Yeah, it's really... So then you just get two resources. And then somebody else, one of the other people that was encountered, got rolled and put into the post office. So, so you're going to have to pay four 
to just get two resources. And eventually you just bit the bullet and went there so that those people would move. Yeah, I had money. I, had to, I was just not going to go the whole time. I had to pay four. I paid four. I had a card from the uh, Carvancery that was five coins. So I was like, well, I guess this is what this card is doing. But then once I got them cleared, I hung out near the post office and the uh, Sultan's Palace were over there. And I had enough other resources that I could go back and forth between the two and get some get yeah. quite a bit done because by that point my wagon was full i didn't necessarily have a lot of money but i was like i can't i don't have yeah, anything you else a, to do yeah you made a good run yeah so what are you bringing back to the table i am too indecisive to pick just one game so the ones that i highlighted for bringing back to the table were sorcerer stone santa monica rivals for Catan. rivals for Catan, we had never played before that was pretty I, fun it was it was a nice implementation I just, right i just got it because it was at target it's not so reminiscent of Catan. It's a card game, and in no way are you doing that hex grid. You can do some attacky things to the other person, and there's these extra sets, like three extra ages or whatever of cards that you mm-hmm. can add after you play the like introductory game, and right. we just played that introductory game. So we were like learning the kind of mix of cards that were even available. Yeah, it was... It was... A nice implementation of Catan, but not, you know, yeah. heavy or anything like that. And good for two players. It takes up a whole bunch of space. Yeah, it's just that was cards kind of all over the table. But, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Santa Monica, I thought you didn't like that game. And then we played and you're like, oh, no, I think this is fine. We still have the Long Weekend or something like that expansion oh, that we yeah. haven't played. Um, and then I have heard now that there's a solo, official solo variant for it that was, like, made afterwards by the game designer during the pandemic oh, kind of nice. lockdowns. So I'd like to give that a try. And Sorcerer's Stones, we I had kind of played it to, before. I'd played it two-handed to try to just understand the game. And then we played it co-op at the coffee shop. Yeah, that was... And I thought it was very interesting to... It's the kind of game where you can see everything that's going to come out. Because you're, you're a sorcerer and there are these stones on these different tiles and you're putting them out, trying to uh, gather them to get kind of these like artifacts. So you're trying to cash in these stones. But as you're playing and using those, when the game starts, the full uh, line of stones that will be refilled are in order. So when you're playing co-op, there's a strategy to like, what do you want refilled and where, and when should you actually pull those off? Uh, you each have a hand of cards that lets you kind of manipulate the play area and move things around. Yeah, too much spatial reasoning for my care. But you, I think, with all the chess you play, I don't think it's too much spatial. Is it because the way things can move? It's yeah. I, I don't even think you're like bad. I it. don't really like. Oh, you just didn't. Like I don't it. like certain types of spatial reasoning, and like one where like the whole board can move, and then you're moving like four whole gems, and then they're they could be in one of eight different spaces, and it's like no, no, no. no. The knight can move, you know, in an L. I mean, but there's so many different pieces then. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't feel like it's different. But You're only doing one piece at a time. Maybe I'll just try that one player again. Because the way that yeah. the co-op works, I think you can also do it one player. And if, if in playing chess, if you could just slice off two rows of the board and like paste them on the other side of the board and move all their pieces, I would I would never play again. You can move the tiles yeah. around and each tile holds four stones. Yeah, I don't mind moving pieces. I do not like the moving board moving. The board. Like, get, the, okay. get the hell out. And Avalon, I think, is not moving the board, but it feels similarly... Ugh. All right. Well, I, I you're just listing things that I have. I don't like abalone as much anymore. Yeah. Anyways, so though I picked three, and I think right now as we're going through these games, there's a lot of them that we in general play and say, oh, we kind of like to play that again, but we've set this goal to get through all the games. All right. Moving on to call action. So what games may not stay? In general, my commentary is 
I have to start getting rid of games because, one, Gen Con's coming up. I only imagine that I'll be buying games there. I also thought about Gen Con that shipping prices being what they are and us being local to Gen Con, it's going to be an incredibly affordable way to get games because I won't have to be paying shipping on anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's something that hadn't really occurred to me as a like a wind by what and where. I would like to pull down the collection a bit or at least mark things if I don't literally sell them. So one, Dualsaur Island, we just got it. Yeah, that's on my list for sure. Neither one of us really cared much for it. Didn't feel like it was better than what we already had in our collection. And we've gotten a lot more two-player only games right. in the last in this year, I would say. So that one's I think is like a boomerang. Came in, going out maybe the same month, basically. Glow, I don't know that I really want to keep it. I think it's like interesting, but I don't know that it's super fun actually. I won Glow by a lot, but I didn't play like especially well. I just got a the right thing. I, I just yeah. got like very lucky starting cards yes. and my game was very easy to play. Right. If I and had it like, almost plays itself I feel like way. if you give like someone who doesn't play games my starting cards and tell them how they work, they would it'd be hard to beat them even if they didn't care. Right, that's what, yeah, like, yeah, like it plays itself. Yeah, it plays itself. So, and then it seems like there's several unbalances in the game of Glow, and there's a lot right. of games, and I don't think, I think Kelly's right. I don't I don't think it... I don't know if that's the thing for us. It's staying, I don't think it's staying in the, it's not like, you know... it I seems like, like if you hit that combination, there and there's a lot of them, If there's these synergies where if you hit them, yeah, that person just scores a whole bunch of points. Yes, that's yeah. exactly how this works. Yeah, and I think, you know... We're going to have this annual challenge of playing all the games in our collection, and I don't want that one to be on the list next year. Well, there's two different sides of the board, but I don't think that they really mix it up enough. And maybe in three players or more players, it's just a little better in that way than it is at two. Well, and that leads me to my next candidate for the collection, which yeah. is the last bottle of rum. Oh, I won't be getting rid of it. Well, I know. It's a Kickstarter yeah. game. It, I'm just going to make the case. No, it, that's it's fine. It's a Kickstarter that's game, which mean, and it's a nice game, which means it probably yes. would have high resale value. And I don't mm. think it's very good two players, and we often only play two players. Now, we have still not done the Ghost Ship variant, and I think that is what will make two players better. I could see also that there would be probably not a lot of demand for a solo mode, but I could see it being possible to make either a solo or a co-op mode for that game that right. seems that that seems doable i don't know how much demand there is for it even though it was a kickstarter game and i don't think it's gotten a general release so perhaps aquatica i don't know that i want to keep it i think that it's like interesting and it has really nice components it has these triple layered boards i think actually where you slide the as you get these cards, you have five different slots. You slide them in, and down the side of the card are like kind of these bonuses that activate. So it's very combo tastic. As you push one up, you can maybe push up another card, and you just kind of keep activating bonuses back and forth, and eventually getting points. I played it solo a couple times, and I think it could be the sort of thing where once you've figured it out, you can kind of know how to score a lot of points in a way that I'm not finding like exciting as that keeps happening. It's good. It's just that I think solo games and even multiplayer games, I just don't know that it's rising to the top of my preferences for what we have in the house. And I also said both Mystery of the Temples and Shadows in Kyoto. They're oh, both Emperor right. S4 games. I got those in the beginning of the uh, pandemic. They were having these big like lockdown sales, and I got a big bundle of those games all together. I think those and there's both, some that we've kept, but those both fall into a category of games, which is why my last nomination for the collection is on the list, which is basically a game that I 
actually like, but have a hard time playing with Kelly and not making yeah. Kelly upset, and that yeah. is Estates. Oh, Estates is going on your list. I thought you were making commentary on these. The, the, the same. I mean, I think yeah. those segue into Estates. They're all in that same category right. of games that Aaron really, really likes. And was it's I upset need to at try. Estates this time? I don't yeah, think there was. Yeah, we played a really short game. And was I mad about the shortest? Now, South and Kyoto. I was absolutely upset about now you, that one. You want to someone somewhat unreasonable. Mystery of the Temples, I just thought wasn't that good. I don't remember really being upset. For estates, let me double check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you won the game. I did win the game. It was 10 to 16. And the quote I have here in the comments is, I was trying to do a stinky thing. It did not work. And that's what Aaron said. So I think that I don't think I had a problem with it this time. Oh. I, I, well, we'll keep I it. buried I like it. money. Strike it from the collection. I think you were trying to do something about the length of the pass because in the States, you kind of don't know when the game's going to end because part of the game is a mechanism to either lengthen or shorten these yeah, different I think rows we, where I you're did building. I did it too early and then it was and too And then I canceled it out. Yeah. And then if you finish the different, if you finish enough of the different rows, then that's when the game ends. So we kind of got to this point where it was like, oh, well, it has to end now. Um, and I had been, you can uh, take one million of your dollars, which is just a unit of money. Yeah, it's one dollar. Um, effectively one dollar and put it under the board to be like this, like you're banking it for later kind of. But it's a set economy. Like you don't get any more money from yeah, a bank. There's 24 million so you, in the game. So you, you just can, take money out of the game. When you bury money, it's gone from the game. It counts as one point at the end. And you're doing these auctions to, as the active player, you auction something off and either you pay money to the other person or you take the money that they gave for the bid. Right. So that means it's, it's a closed economy, and then you have to be giving this money back and forth. So I had a whole bunch of money because you had paid to be able to place things. Then I just leveraged that money at the right time without uh, it being a long game. I, did, I then didn't need the money because the game ended. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting game. But and it's also one that it was God is a gift, but that was uh, it was given to us as a gift. But I think that was also a Kickstarter game. Oh, and it might be easier to find now, but I think that was actually a Kickstarter copy. So yeah, I agree that I don't think we'll play it a lot, and I it's just not quite yet on my call list. I think that's uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. I think more games on there from this month really could be in that collection, but I think it's gonna wait until after Gen Con, assess what we pick up, and then there'll probably be a very, the second half of August will probably be a pretty big selling event to Noble Knight or to Board Game Co., maybe somewhere online. I don't think I'll do like half price book. And finally, our game of the month. Game of the month. Yes. I'm going to need to see the list. Okay. My pick for game of the month is Get On Board, New York and London. I hope with the New York and London being in the title, like cities being in the title, that means that maybe they'll just do more maps. Like the map, even though it's New York and London, that really is just the difference in play count. So I think if it's two or three, you play on the New York side. And if it's four, you play on the London side, something like that. So it's not that you're really getting two maps in the game. You're really just getting one map. It is a flip and place. Like you're flipping cards to determine what you'll uh, place out. And what we didn't realize at first was that your player sheet that you get is going to have different types of routes associated with the card that gets flipped. So like 
for a number seven, I might have to put two just in a straight line. He has to put two at a right angle. And then there's ones that are at uh, two right angles along three roads. And you're both building onto the same map. I feel like what I expected from a game like this was that I'd have my player sheet. I'd draw my uh, routes wherever I wanted on my player sheet. And then the other people would be doing that kind of multiplayer solitaire. But you do have to pay a cost if you go on the same, uh, along the same road as somebody else. And then there, in New York, there are these congested areas that might be true in London as well, where you have to pay because it's a congested area. I happened to win. This wasn't like, it was the first time we played, it wasn't skill, didn't really understand the points because you definitely can't get all the points. Like you can't do everything on your sheet. So I felt like I was behind. I also thought we had one less turn uh, than we actually did. So when I thought the game was over, there was like a bonus turn. I was like, oh, well, the bonus turn is going to go a lot better for me. I didn't think that this was the thing that was even going to happen. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't super long, but there was a lot to think about. And I think I enjoy that kind of game. Something that's pretty simple to learn the rules to. They're a bit circular, so it can be kind of hard to make sure you understand how each thing affects something else. A lot of them you place for one thing and it affects other things on your sheet. Um, and the scoring isn't like terribly intuitive, which is why it was hard for me to conceive whether or not like how good I was actually doing. So yeah, I really like that one. I'd like to play it again. It'd be nice to play with enough people to see the other side of the board, see what that's like. I also think you could probably come up with something two player to play on the other side of the board where you're maybe doing two sheets just being two people and doing a combined score. I think that's possible. I might check on Board Game Geek if someone has come up with something like that already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and the original game is Let's Make a Bus Route. So it was already something that was popular and kind of well received. So I had high hopes for it anyway. It wasn't what I expected, but I still really liked it. Nice, nice. I'm going to go with my game of the month with uh, Unmatched, which I did not expect to like as much as I did. Uh. We played Beowulf and Little Red, Little Red Riding Hood, and uh, it was pretty fun. It's And Unmatched has just been out and around for a while. I don't know if I want to like buy all the characters because no. it would get expensive, but I, I thought it was a, a fun, and it's like, you know, it's a little Gloomhaven light in terms of you, the... You keep saying that, and I just keep disagreeing. Well, you spend the cards, and then you don't get the cards back. Which is a little like Gloomhaven. You do get you them do back the actions, in and then there's a well. You get them back after you to you rest, and so the light part is that there's not a rest and retrieval mechanism. Okay. And then there's a map where you move around. You okay. have little characters. You're fighting. Yeah. yeah. I like, mean, like I just all I'm saying is I just don't agree. Well, it's not like Gloomhaven light, uh, okay. uh, but but I do like it. Um, it was fun. There's like open and closing door kind of situations, which, which is, we didn't use. No, Kelly might have won had she used it. <laughs> I might have. I it was a like survival predator situation. Aaron was Little Red Riding Hood. I was Beowulf, and I had gotten rid of the Huntsman pretty easily with my sidekick, whose name I do not recall right now. And I just couldn't quite get to Little Red at the right point with the right cards to make something happen. So I felt like I just kept moving just kind of away to try to draw up more cards to see if I could just get the right mix of things to come back. And I just wasn't getting good card pulls out of my deck. And just little by little, Red Riding was doing a little more damage, a little more damage. And eventually I was like, oh, I'm kind of hobbled. Like I can't, I, by the time I got something that was 
kind of going to work. It was like, it was too late. So I think maybe I should have managed it better. Maybe I should have just went hard with the cards I had. Maybe that would have just shifted then what was going on. But I know that people talk a lot about this game. And even though it comes, we bought a box that just had two characters in it. There are boxes that come with four characters. And you can mix and match all the characters with, with any other character. Yeah. So I do think it'd be nice to get maybe one box of four or a couple more boxes of two, but that is probably where we cap it. I don't think that this is like, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you liked it or I liked it so much that it's like, yeah, let's get the all 16 and let's get the new collector box. No, but I didn't expect kind of to like it as much as I did. Yeah. I thought it was very fun. And that was also, I knew I wanted to plant a game at Target. And it was like, what else is around that price range to do the buy two, get one free of things we don't already have and something that was in store that might not be horrible. So I kind of use it as an opportunity to try those things that Unmatched and Rivals for Catan that like have been around, but we had never just bothered to get. It's a a game that wouldn't be in our collection unless Target had that sale and it ends up being game of the month. Yeah. And right now, which, you know, this is only so relevant, but maybe relevant forever the way Target is. They did the buy two, get one free sale. The next week, 30% off, which is currently true, um, 30% off of their board games. And then when I went to the aisle to look for even more board games, even though I just bought Planted, there were a bunch of games that were half off. And not just like Taco Bell the card game, which was one of the games. It was also like Downforce and Seven Wonders and Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Like It was also big Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition. So I don't know what's going on at Target and why they're so happy to, I guess it gets people in the door and they just assume you're going to buy other things before you leave Target because Unrelated. they can't be making it back up. Unrelated. I read a Google article that yeah. Target was attempting to decrease the amount of uh, inventory across the store that they keep on hand. And that might be part oh. of that. Oh, they just want less stuff in Target. Less stuff in Target, yeah. No, they they're trying to reduce their carrying costs. Interesting. So Target will just be space more spacious. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. That would explain it to some degree. And they did. They do keep releasing new games. Like Planted was part of and a the new batch games of are, new games. Are barely there because you know less inventory. Right, and I think they sell a lot of stuff online. Probably, maybe that's yeah. part of their thought too. We don't need it all in the store. Um, but yeah, and if that's what Target's doing overall. It might still be worth checking to see what other things they're getting rid of. Maybe there's things outside the board game uh, aisle that are getting clearance in that same way to meet that goal. So I didn't... Are we going to Target now? I'm not saying we're not. Thank you so much for listening to episode 56. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. You're on a sandbar of gameplay reflection with this episode, and Gen Con previews are the ocean lying ahead and behind you. The next episode will be Eggertspiel to Genius Games, and if you're listening to these in reverse, there are 55 more episodes headed your way, and just four of those are Gen Con previews. The next one is going to be Board Game Tables to DV Giochi. I've been saying this in every outro, but it's it was a questionable decision that we are working our way through. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. 